Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Welcome house cleaners, maids and old women with a fetish for young tender meat and welcome to all the ethnic men out there who like their women on the cougar end of the age spectrum. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike and joining me tonight are my fellow kinkos, AJ and Jonathan Astro. AJ, have you ever dated a younger man? Yeah, Frank's younger. (laughs) (laughs) And John, your, your wife's older than you, right? Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Robinson, you know, I always remind her, I remind her, I go, ooh, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson, you know, that's a sexual thing. Okay, uh, good to see you all um, tonight. Ali, Fear Eats the Soul, 1974, Rania Werner Fassbinder, directed and written by, all right? This is like the the Cougar Manual or something, sort of. Sort of. It's not, it's not <laughs> quite. It's not quite Courtney Cox or um, who's the one that that uh, Demi Moore. Oh uh, yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah, not quite that. Is Ashton it? Kutcher. That's a while yeah. That one. Is this before Harold and Maud? Uh, oh, that's a good. That's a good question. That, that there's very similar. Harold and Maud might be just before this. Actually, let me check. Nineteen seventy-one. There you go. Ugh. So Ooh. this is this couple of years after. All right, all right. So obviously you guys hadn't seen this film. Now this is Fassbinder's, I would argue, his his biggest international success and the one that people, I think, if there's one, if you think of Kurosawa and you go, oh, Seven Samurai, this is this is his mm. his big one. I'll really? It's a soul. I, I would I would say so. I mean, you could make some arguments for some other ones, perhaps, but. I think the 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 uh, something about the the simplicity and the shortness of this film makes it really uh, palatable for a lot of people, mm. and it's it's certainly not as weird as as the as, I mean it's weird, but it's not as weird as his <laughs> other stuff. It's not quite Max Monomore. It's kind of in that. It's in that. It's in that orbit. It's in that orbit. I know. Every week, listeners. I know, AJ. You love it when I bring up Max Monomore. It's really made an impact on your life. <laughs> it's made this project all worth it, Max Monomore. Seriously. Well, well, dear listener, check it out if you haven't already. Max Monomore. Yeah, great film. Uh, highly recommend it. All right, well, I will tell you what this film's all about. It's raining in Berlin, and 60-year-old widow Emmy Kurowski enters a bar to get out of the rain. She's passed by before and heard the Middle Eastern music, but this is the first time she's gone inside. The bar is owned by a blonde bombshell named Barbara and is frequented by a group of Moroccan immigrant workers. Ali, tall and bearded, is goaded into dancing with the old woman, and he obliges. The two hit it off immediately and seem to have an honest an honest connection. She's a lowly cleaning lady with three grown children and he's an exploited mechanic living with three other men. Ali walks Emmy back to her house and the pair talk into the night and end up in bed together. Ali and Emmy become closer and he spends more and more time at her house. Emmy drops by her daughter Krista's house and informs her that she's taken a younger Moroccan lover, but she doesn't believe her mother. Ricky's nodding at that, so... Approval. Approval. Emmy's <laughs> landlord confronts her, believing that Ali is subletting her apartment. And Emmy, without thinking, tells the landlord that Ali is actually her partner, not her lodger, and that they're thinking of, of marrying. This sets the landlord straight, and he leaves. And Emmy is worried what she's going to do, having told a white lie about intending to marry Ali. But to her surprise, he accepts her proposal. So after the marriage. They celebrate by having dinner at a nice little Italian restaurant that used to be a favourite of the Fuhrer. <laughs> Emmy informs her three children that, uh, well, 
let's just say it doesn't really go well when she tells them uh, she's branded a, a, a whore by one of them, uh, so it's, it's not great. She's ostracized at work by her fellow cleaning ladies and also by the man at the local convenience store. Uh, her neighbors even call the cops on her when Ali and his friends play their foreign music too loud. Emmy and Ali decide to take a vacation to get away from these various worries. And when they return, things have changed somewhat. People begin to reach out to Emmy again. Her children have begun to accept her relationship somewhat, and they all seem to want something from her, though. Her son needs her to babysit. The shopkeeper wants her business back. Her neighbours need Ali's brawn around the place. Emmy begins to sort of show him off more and maybe starts to neglect his needs. And when he asks for couscous one night, she tells him that he needs to get used to the way things are done in Germany. This all drives him into the arms of Barbara, the blonde bar owner from earlier, and he stays over at her place and presumably porks her. Since Ali won't return home, Emmy has no choice but to go to Ali's work to confront him, and she begs him to return. His co-workers make fun of her, asking if she's Ali's grandma from Morocco. Ali goes on a boozing and gambling bender at Barbara's bar and Emmy goes to see him again. She plays their song and they dance together again. Ali admits to his adultery and Emmy tells him that it doesn't matter. Ali tells Emmy he loves her and at that moment he falls on the floor in searing pain. In a hospital shortly after, a doctor tells Emmy that Ali has a stress-related stomach ulcer and that even after he recovers, he'll be back in six months. Uh, uh, it's a cycle that happens with a lot of immigrant workers. The film ends with Emmy sitting by Ali's bedside. That's Fear Eats the Soul. Okay. That's the film. So so this, this film was shot in 14 days. Uh, another good effort, AJ? <laughs> no, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, considering like it looks like it was made for thirteen dollars, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and it's an international masterpiece acclaimed by everyone. But don't let that uh, you know influence you. You t- you got to tell me what you really think. So if it was no good, it was no good. So you know we we watched World on a Wire. Was this better than World on a Wire? Yeah. I, I definitely had a better time. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I you really... didn't like the intellectual thrill ride <laughs> of World on a Wire. I thought this was just really sweet. It was very sweet. Yeah. The characters were gorgeous. Like, yeah. I haven't seen so much wholesome characters in a long time. I know. It's sort of it's the opposite really... of Twitter, isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, and and sort of a a, a um, I, I know it was made in nine what nineteen seventy three, so I guess it was was current then. But but watching it now, you sort of it is almost like a time capsule, you know, just mm-hmm. just kind of the the bar they go to, the look of that, and the way the way people hang out there, then like the the corner store that is still a thing. Although the the guy does mention supermarkets, that, you know, more and more people go to the supermarkets now, and you know, so you do get and as I said glimpse, before, you know. I'm increasingly interested in in West Berlin. You know, mm. and and we watched one one two three recently by, by um Billy Wilder, which mm. covered was in the same sort of place. But but there's something what a strange place in time and history. You know, so. They're living in the shadows of, and and Fassbin is very young. His his mm. filmmaking friends are very young, so they they've grown up post-war, uh, and yet they're growing up in the shadows of a devastating loss and an, an embarrassment. Really, like it's a, it's it's mm. it's there's the there's the human tragedy side which we could talk about, but it's just that it's their country's been humiliated. They're embarrassed, it, and and it's sort of touched on in this a little bit, Emmy, in in a very frank way that I don't even think it would be now. Like the way she sort of, yeah, she charmingly says like, "Oh, you know, we were all in the party. Everyone was in the party." Mm. And they're like, "And oh, I always wanted to go to this restaurant. You know, the Fury used to, Hitler used to go here. You know, like so." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's an interesting place. Like what what like West Berlin? Like it seemed like because it was a um definitely a an artistic hub. Something about it. 
I, I don't know enough about it, really. I'm, I'm a parochial Australian. So, but but there's something about the shadows of war and these young people growing up disaffected, and we get films like this, you know, um, which, I mean, and the music, the crowd rock and all that. It's 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 yeah. truly a fascinating time, and that wall's yeah. up. That fucking wall mm. is up at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you, you mentioned kraut rock, which is an interesting genre because it's sort of at that time in Germany, they were the, the government and society was, was very um, conservative when it came to music. Like they were very concerned about, you know, extremists and, and radicals sort of coming back up through the German ranks again. So they, they squashed a lot of the rock and roll that was happening in other countries and and the german pop music at that time if you listen to it it's just it's the daggiest stuff you ever hear and a lot of the musicians turned to ele- to electronic music as a way to sort of bypass that sort of cultural clampdown on pop and rock music and that's that's when you get um, yeah, that's when you get Tangerine Dream and 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 a few other of those sorts of artists. That, it's the idea um, that because you're not strutting around on stage like like with your dick out or whatever or smashing things <laughs> like the you're just sitting there and changing knobs and and yeah. patching stuff in and yet the music is is doing all the talking for you. But but it's also that that uh, that kind of electronic music is. Uh, sort of intergalactic in a way. It's yeah, like it's, it's cos- more cosmic. about yeah, it's cosmic. It's more about traveling to other worlds and planets and through the stars and all that sort of stuff. It's not about lady dicks, <laughs> which oh. it should be about if if they cared. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> but I think this movie, particularly because it was made in two weeks for not much money, in between a couple of other movies he he'd made that year, I think it does everything a movie should do. Every, absolutely everything a movie sh- you should do. It's about a social issue, uh, you know. I suppose even oh, it's even on the left, you know. So it's, it's it's got a social conscience. It's cinematically aware, so it pays hom- hom- homage to previous filmmakers. There's a this style of film that he became obsessed with, even though he's a bit of a, a leather wearing bad boy, Fassbinder. <laughs> And like you know, he the filmmaker he loves the most is the girliest filmmaker in the world. Like, basically the grandfather of of soap opera. So, what we understand of as soap opera on on television, that style of, of lingering shots and you know a, 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 of dynasty and all that stuff comes from a filmmaker called Douglas Sirk, who was popular in the fifties and. Um, what's what soap opera never really did? What they never took from Douglas Sirk, they took the the family dynamics and the tycoons and the emotions, high emotions of infidelity and all that sort of stuff. But they didn't take his his mastery of colour and framing and, and Fassbinder has fallen in love with a lot of it here. So Forbidden Love, this is a standard Douglas Sirk plot, but, but uh, all, you know, people being seen in mirrors and, and these colours mm. in this movie, this yellow and these red and the green and all of that, that's, it's all from this... Uh, this filmmaker Douglas Sirk from from the fifties, so such a fascinating guy for him to be in in love with, uh, and so social issue. It's cinematically aware, and uh, finally, and most importantly, it's very moving. This movie mm. is very moving, and it needs to do. It proves that all you need to, and non actors really, like I mean, a bunch of the people are his his theatre troupe. He had a theatre troupe who did this a movement called anti anti theatre. You know, they were just like, you know, exactly what you'd expect from Berlin <laughs> theater, theater crazies. And then the, just that the guy in the film, Ali, just a total non-actor, his boyfriend, you know, just yeah. his boyfriend, yeah. you know, and he's amazing. Well, yeah. if you, I, I'm, I'm sort of in two minds about Ali because I think if you took a male sex doll and wished upon a star for it to become a real boy, <laughs> like Geppetto does in Pinocchio, you'd probably, you know, you'd pretty much replicate Ali's wooden performance in this film. You know, he's, he's an impressive physical specimen, but he's all wood. Uh, but but to, to be fair, though, like like I said, you know, I'm not sure whether his performance is bad or perfect. Like, mm. you know what I mean? I think like it's, it's perfect. You think it's perfect? Yeah. Well, it depends. It, look, you can argue about this. Um, 
it, it it is it is it's perfect for film because and there's another film man name dropping tonight there's another filmmaker <laughs> called Robert Bresson who you who famously used non actors and his whole approach like like to a, to a point where he's just like no fuck actors fuck all that just use r- complete non actors and and the whole point of that that thing is to say what you're saying is it doesn't matter editing is king you know film is king mm. cinema is king and and you know, if I can get these people to just not do much, to be figurants in in this, then mm. the brain will fill it fill it all in. And Ali, on on the positive side, if you were to argue for him, you, I would say he's he is imbued with a um, a stoicism, you know, a quiet stoicism. But yeah, yeah. on mm. the other side, you could say, oh, he's not giving me much, you know. And I think he's really sad. I agree. He's with that. sad yeah. and trying trying to work his way out and not. Like with the drinking too much and the learning of the language. Like he speaks pretty good German, really. Well, according to my subtitles, <laughs> I can understand what he means. <laughs> I can put it not, together. Not, and according, Emmy could. not according to that shopkeep. <laughs> That's right. He was it's just being an arsehole. Yeah, I think there's just a certain sadness about him. But also, he he mentions um, he mentions what happened in Munich which mm. was a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys read that that link I sent to you guys, but two years earlier in Munich, there was a terrorist, um, I guess, uh, a, a terrorist event at the Olympics in Munich. Yeah, the where, Spielberg. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the movie. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that sort of plays into it too, where where everyone mm. is kind of has this, this well, even worse uh, opinion of of Arab people or anyone who looks looks to be Arab. I know he's he's Moroccan, um, mm. but yeah, that sort of but plays I, into it too. I think he's dealing with a lot. Well, that's an inter- interesting you say that, AJ, because it, I think this film is also about something that the, the the modern identitarian left doesn't understand anymore. It's about forbearance. You know, Emmy mm. Emmy and Ali uh, are pitted against an unfair world. And mm. they, although they are frustrated by it, they don't spend all of their time complaining about it or doing pissy. They can't afford to do pissy protests. Like, have you noticed that everyone does these protests now? You're like, have you guys got time off work? Like, mm. you know, Emmy yeah. and Ali, they can't get time off work to do protests. They can't do. They've got to go to work. They've got to eat. They've got to survive. They've got to live. And the and and this movie's about the world we live in. You know what I mean, and how unfair it is, as opposed to, you know, we often get the opposite the, these 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 exercises in film now, where it's like, or how we want it to be, how it should be, with boss bitches and improbable things, and you know, a positive stereotypes and all of this stuff, where you just go, you go, yeah, I, a little bit of that every now and then is, I guess, laudable, but more often than not, what we want is 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 painful truth. And mm, yeah, you know, and I think that's what this film gives me. And Emmy no, saying that he isn't after her money mm. because, she, yeah. like, there there might be a transaction, but he's, um, in some sense, because she's better off than he is. But she is missing out on company and mm. and having someone in her life. She's incredibly lonely, mm. but she doesn't think I'm getting scammed by this guy. She's more than willing to give. What is it about their relationship that's so special, do you think? I think it's on it. Like I think they're both look they're lonely and they're just looking for companionship. Mm. And they're founded in an honest way. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say they're both very honest with each other. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah. I think mm. there's that there's something they behave like all of the great uh, it reminds me of before sunrise or something, you know, like mm. uh where You've just got two people opening up straight away, yeah. and and and, and actually a, a telling line from Emmy, and maybe this is a little bit of wish fulfillment, but this is why it's it's quite special. As she says, uh, Ali walks her back to her home, and it's still raining outside, and she goes, "Do you want to come up for for coffee?" And then he says, "Oh, you know, I'd like to, but," and then she says, "Oh, but everyone says but, mm. you know, and yeah. nothing ever changes, you know," mm. and so. Mm. That is a key line for me because the whole film hinges on the what if of what if a 60-year-old woman, you know, uh, took a chance and, and went into a bar that she'd walked past every day uh, and and then 
she if she'd let him leave, the movie's over. So mm. she needed to say, yes, in most situations in life, we do just go, like your neighbour says to you, oh, do you want to come over for tea? And you, and you go, oh, no, I, I can't or whatever. Mm. When really, you, 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 it, like Emmy, you should say nothing ever changes if we follow that instinct. So, yeah, I think um, you're right. Honest. Now I've I've got a couple of questions. The, the first one, it, I think it's in. Yeah, I think it is. In, it is in the first scene when uh, uh, Ali he orders two beers, but he gets nine beers. Is <laughs> is that a fuck up in the subtitles? Or oh God, I'm so confused with that bit. I th- I feel like it's maybe it's it for his friends earlier in the night. Mm. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe he had seven from earlier, and he's these are just another two. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, mm. I, that that just confused me because he, he orders two and then she comes back. With, <laughs> she's like, and then she's like, that's nine beers. Like, that'll be forty marks or something. Like, this is very different to what we we're just talking about. I know it's good. I know. I know. You know, we're talking about metaphysical matters, and then Ricky's like, so anyway, what's the fuck to deal with this? Nine beers, two beers. This motherfucker to get with it. And he's right. We gotta, he's right. Gotta keep, gotta I mean, keep the annoying. show moving, people. No, it's annoying. He's right. It is annoying. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, also, like, do you think this is Fassbender's way of telling his and Ali's love story? You know, because you could substitute a gay relationship for for this one and and not have to change a thing. You know, I mean, but the thing is, I'm not sure whether you could tell a gay love story like this in 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 West West Germany in 1974. I I don't know. Like, maybe that's the reason why. We'd have to watch a few more of his films. He he didn't mind. He didn't mind. It seemed like a pretty. Uh, I don't look. I actually have no idea. I don't know. Uh, but he and his gang did push the boundaries, and he he did mm. some films, same budget, less successful. About where he's even in it as a gay, like got a gay lover and stuff. So he he's done his best. Yeah, yeah. I think next week's film is. It's a little bit later, but, you know, it's all about that. It's a cock fest. Well, you know, your words. Because, <laughs> you know, he, he, he could have come home with, you know, Ali and, you know, presented him to, to you know, his, his parents or whatever. And I know he did in real life, but, you know. So interesting, don't you think? Like particularly that guy, because the guy who plays Ali, um, maybe is that your trivia? Do you have trivia on him? I do have some trivia, yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to, you know. Give me some <laughs> trivia on him. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, I don't don't want to bring the bring the show down, but let's see. We've got some features. So, I'll bring it up. So, all right. All right. All right. So, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you this trivia on on Ali. So, this this comes from – I actually got this from Roger Ebert, um, and he tells a story in his review of this film – that um, he he met someone at the Montreal Film Festival, uh, a guy called Daniel Schmidt, who was a Swiss German director who knew Fassbender quite well, and and he told him the rest of Ali's story. And so basically, he came to Germany from the mountains of North Africa and 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 sort of drifted into Fassbender's orbit. And um, this is a quote from from that 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 story. Uh, Germany was a strange world to him. Schmidt told me he started drinking. The tension built up, and one day he went to a place in Berlin and stabbed three people. Then he came back to uh, Fassbender and said, "Now you don't have to be afraid anymore." He hanged himself in jail. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. But the, the beginning part of the story is crazy as well. He had five children, mm. so who I think still lived in. Morocco or wherever the hell he's from, right? And um, he was he was he was married, I think, when he was like in his teens to a girl who was thirteen. Yeah, right. and he was yeah. sixteen, I think. Crazy. Mm. I mean, mm. what a story! I mean, tragic, tragic ending. But at the same time, uh, what uh, what a what a journey, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I, and then he brought two kids over with him. Yeah. Did he? And Fassbender yeah. and him were like meant to be looking after them, and they didn't do a mm. good job because no. they were out screwing and boozing, mm. and fagging. Mm. Yeah, sucking on some <laughs> juicy D's. Not yeah. that kind of fagging, wow. AJ. <laughs> Different kind. But uh, yeah, that's tragic. But Fassbinder, um, to bring it up a bit, 
his cameo in this as the douchebag son-in-law, <laughs> wonderful. What a great, wonderful, yeah. wonderful performance. <laughs> Just, you know, my favourite shot in the, in the movie, you know, I think, uh, Ricky, we talked about the stillness of, mm, yeah. of, of these tableaus that he does, but one of my favourite shots is Emmy's just come out to her uh, her children and Ali, like, launches out of the room, out of the next room like Kramer. <laughs> she does. Quickly stands there, says, I'm Ali or whatever, and then there's this, this panning shot, a dolly shot of all the kids' faces and including Fastkinder <laughs> frozen with this dumbfounded look on their face. It's it's my favourite. And I think that's a great mm. example of Fassbinder's uh, creative choices and his and his sort of obsession with stillness working in his favour there because mm. what her, her uh, admission is so outrageous and their stillness is perfect. So, das ist mein Mann. El-Hedi Ben Salem Mbarek Mohammed Mustafa. Ich nenne ihn Ali. And, mm. and then the response after the stillness, though. The one like of the kids the, gets up and kicks the TV, smashes it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes him about five or six goes. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. And her daughter, Krista, is is just despicable as well. First time we see her, she's in her slip. Smoke, yeah. you know? What do you think of a woman just hanging out in her slip? You know? Smoking and anyway. Calling her mama whore. Okay. <laughs> Mm. But it's interesting what you say about Fassbender's style because I think that works in his favour for for a story that could be viewed as quite melodramatic and sappy. You know, it has a few sappy elements in it, but I think because because of the way he shoots it and and the way the way he sets up shots, like there are times when when he he um, you know um, he deliberately makes makes a point by separating Emmy and Ali from the rest of of I guess their town or society uh, with, with with alternating long shots. You know, like even in the first shot, like she's at this bar, but she's all the way down the end of like mm. this hall, and then everyone else is up the other end, and it's just showing that 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 detachment there. But then he also often crowds them in to close two shots like like when they're together in small rooms and stuff and you know, i think you've hit upon why this movie i think this movie is a masterpiece and it maybe cottons onto something you were saying again aj i think this movie is about loneliness you know mm. and about about the battle against loneliness but the because the, the characters are look maybe part of it is because it's made cheaply and quickly and they don't want all the extras and all that which i understand entirely but it works for this movie because they the people just seem like satellites. Our leads just seem like, mm. you know, so alone in these these big wide shots, you know. And so when they're together, it's a real joy. Yeah, in the restaurant where the doors are framed and mm. and then when they're eating after they just get married and they're completely alone. Yeah, in the Führer's yeah. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even when they're outside on the tables, they're in the centre of the table. And no one's there. And there's yes. yeah, nobody's yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. In her defense, though, like if I lived somewhere near a restaurant that the Fuhrer enjoyed, I would probably point that out as a fact. Like, Ricky's currently at this moment wearing a Trump 2020 (laughs) beanie. And I'm sure it's cold in Melbourne, but, you know, he's got a few beanies. Hey, you you bought me this beanie as a souvenir from Trump Tower when you went to the US. Stop the steal. Hashtag stop the steal is what I'll I'll say. But one one thing that I thought was a little bit sappy the, the couscous thing you know which kind of is is the you're killing me you are killing right me now. you are killing me oh, what do you want it to be what fix I it? don't know <laughs> I don't know it was burgers oh <laughs> Make well, me I, a don't, burger. I don't even I think it's it about the food at all like, what is it about then. It's definitely about food. He looks so sad. I, I know it's about the food, but but I feel like it should have been a, a, an, an accumulative thing. You know, it shouldn't have, like, the way it's presented in the film is it's just like 
the cook and, and maybe it's it's a time thing. He doesn't have time to 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 have all these different scenes where he's pining for couscous and then this and this and that and that. Like I just felt like that could have had just a couple of other little things, you know. Because the way you see it on the face value, look like when you first see, because I've only well I watched it about one and a half times, but um, you know, on face value, it's like the couscous is is the issue. You know, it's like front and center is couscous, but it's really <laughs> it's really like like he's missing his cult or he's missing, you know. His culture. His it's culture. Just isolated, it's his, completely it's isolated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that. Like, you can't be like you can nowadays and it, being in Melbourne and if you feel like something, you can't just go and get it. Yeah, true. <laughs> like like food-wise, say. Yeah. But he's just – but I he looks so sad. <laughs> I had a, look, just even yearning. now, in the world we live in now, that where you're connected and, as you say, you can just Uber eat, see anything you want in. My Some of my Japanese friends, some who listen to this show, I, I can tell that they, they get this deep sadness within them, that mm. they can't have just Japanese rice and miso and all the, the stuff, you know, because all they can get is in Melbourne fucking chicken parmigiana and you know like just they can't get their food and 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 mm. it, and well, I think it's their soul food it's it weighs on you and I, I think the couscous it's definitely that he's just like you know I feel like is she making sauerkraut with the with the you know she's know. got all the sauces and she's mm. got the I wouldn't be surprised Germans mm. love it but yeah I, I feel like I feel completely the opposite about that. Really? Oh, I, wow. I, I feel like he's just, he's at a loss. Mm. He's completely at a loss and he'll just do do anything to feel connected to something. Because he doesn't even want to be with Barbara, really. Not at he all. He just goes to her house. He's he doesn't know what to do. He's completely stiff. Yeah. Well, that's that's him, like, <laughs> the whole movie though, right? No, but I feel like it's different. <laughs> John's shaking his head. He's hating it. <laughs> Because he's he's not really connecting with her like he connects with Emmy. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Look, he, if I saw this movie, I had to watch this on the horrible computer screen and stuff. Like, but if I had my setup, I'm going to make my setup, and if I watch this like how it's meant to be seen on a projector, you'd weep. Oh, I'd be busted. Like I remember yeah. years ago, <laughs> just being busted up. Like it gets me every time, you know. Like it's a it's a beautiful film. Like it's it's mm. simple and it's it's pure cinema and uh yeah i don't know i even love the it's what a great beginning it, it's this the first shot is is of a puddle right at night which is which is just you know so moody in berlin and then we hear this this middle eastern music playing mm. over it and yeah. the reason it's so brilliant is because that that storytelling that's that's what emmy has been hearing she's been walking past this place it's not just them going, yeah, the movie's got Ali, we'll just put some Middle Eastern music at the beginning. It's actually got a story <laughs> function, you know, yeah. like like look, there's it's it's very deft. There's a lot of stuff. The reason how do they meet? What's their cute meet? Well, there's another girl in the bar who says, you know, a sort of a hot Palestinian girl or whatever. Uh, we'll get into her later. Uh she she says to Ali, like, you know, oh, why don't you go and dance with the old girl? Because she's mm. jealous and 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 Definitely. Uh, again, brilliant storytelling. Yeah. You know? Mm. Clever, really mm. clever. How 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 good are the um the like the other women who who live in the apartment? You know that are just kind of like <laughs> spying on her and gossiping about Ali. Mm. I, I loved all that. That was great. Fraulein mm. <laughs> Kurowski <laughs> behind her. She's the, the main like sort of landladyish woman or whatever behind her. Yeah, uh, her little gate. You know. Yeah. Just, mm. Yeah, saying shitty things to each other, passive yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. But even that, you'd think that she overcomes that. Keep keep coming up. Fuck her. Like yeah. when she sticks her head out and she's like, no, keep, keep coming with me, Ali. Like, yeah. Yes. It, it's, that's ballsy for an older woman to do. And she, yeah, because there's so many points where you think, oh, she could take the easy way out. She could hide. Yeah. She could sneak Definitely. in. She could. Tell Ali he's not allowed to stay. She could do all that, but she actually just she doesn't. She stands by a man mm. consistently, really, doesn't she? Like she stands yeah. up to the shopkeeper. She stands up to the those bitches, you know, that are in her apartment. Um, her children, mm. everyone. Like she, she doesn't she, buy into any of it. Yeah, that's that's gr- that's mm. amazing because it, because if any of them, 
she could so easily have said, oh, I don't know, you know. And But then Ali's mm. up for it as well because she says oh, with, with the marriage thing, she mentions it and he's like, yeah, definitely, let's get married, you know. So mm. they're sort of, they're really positive and they're going for it and it's everyone else that's dragging them down. Yeah, and that's why it's sad. You're waiting for it to happen. Yes. You're waiting for something. Something dreadful to happen. Mm. Yeah. There is that turn though when when everybody starts being being more kind to them mm. when they need something, of course, you know. So it's the yeah. son needs babysitting, so he sort of comes around, and then those other two women they need, you know, they need a strong man to move some stuff to mm. the basement, and so Ali gets involved there, and then. But I feel so, like that turn is is linked as well with it. Seem I'm not hundred, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I feel like their collective wealth kicks in at that point as well because they mm. start to dress a bit nicer. Do you know? Did you notice that? Like, because they talk mm. about the money, and and I feel like they're they're doing really well, and yep. they they're taking trips, and then there's that there's that emotional turn, and then then you know maybe uh, Emmy starts to take him for granted a little bit, you know, mm. getting the, getting the ladies to hang off his bicep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's when the racist microaggressions come out. Mm. He's so clean. He's so yeah. clean. Well, as Biden yeah. would say, he speaks so well. Yes. <laughs> the most articulate black man ever. I think it's what Biden said about Obama or something like wow. that. Wow. But you know, you, you've opened up the the floor to quick to maybe talk about the the race uh, aspect of of this because yeah, we'll talk about it later a little bit, but. This is interesting in light of, of of a film we saw recently called, um, formerly called Jihad Rehab or uh, the un the unredacted, yes, by Meg Smaker. So this is she, this is an American filmmaker. I saw her her film on the big screen here in Sydney recently, and it's about uh, you know, a Saudi Arabian uh, sort of rehab clinic for jihadis, and she got access to going and film like a bunch of these guys as they talk about they have to go through like a whole course to to be sort of taken down off the ledge and they've been in gitmo for 16 years some of them yeah and uh this woman's film she this is 2023 not 1973 uh she was cancelled uh for making this really really good movie because she wasn't the right color Despite the fact that she, so she's a, 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 a white woman, former firefighter, uh, can speak Arabic, uh, moved to um, Yemen, I think, for for a while, for years. Three, three years, I think. Yeah, for three years. And I'm sure she's done a lot of other traveling in the Middle East as well, but knows the language, fully juiced in, uh, and was, was, was cancelled by its main girls in New York City or whatever. So compare that to this film, you know, like I'm sure you'll mention the Guardian later, and um, you know, just compare the 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 fawning of the Guardian review about this film, mm. uh, Ali Fiat's the Soul, and you. Part of me is like, I swear to God, you better have come out and said the same things about the Unredacted or Meg's Maker's film. But you better have said, because there was no mention in the Guardian review of of this white guy making mm. a movie called Ali with Middle Eastern music about yeah. an, mm. a, about the, the the Moroccan man experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What but I, I, I feel like I feel like those sorts of people that they they almost they have these different compartments. They would put that in the oh well that's classic cinema compartment or something. That's not that's not documentary a, film now, you know. Fucking pussies though. This is what I I've been moaning about this for for ages now. There is no such thing. You don't get just because it's it's ye oldy mm. doesn't excuse the fact that you are now uh, ignoring the same shit or not defending the same shit. Like like it, you're just saying because they're hiding behind the fact that no one watches old stuff. You know, well they can't get mm. access to it. You know, they, they can't they can't watch it. But even if they can, they don't. So they hide behind that exclusiveness and go, oh well. I don't have to defend. Thank God, I don't have to defend Phil, uh, Ali Fee eats us all from the Wokesters because they can't be bothered watching it. Yeah, you know. Mm. Whereas Meg's maker, the only the, the people who cancelled her, you know, we'll get off her in a second. But the the people who cancelled her hadn't even seen the movie. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? You know. So yeah. 
we should you should use the past like in, in fact people should have said about that make that makes must make a situation they should have said oh i really like F- ali fiat's uh, eats the soul i love that movie so i guess that proves that you got i mean you know it proves that you guys are foolish because this is good that's good so it doesn't really matter we don't care who made it i don't care if you told me that um i don't know like an albino just sort of guy with no eyes and and no legs made ali fiat's oh i go yeah whatever man what, what if hitler made it yeah well i'd, I'd say um <laughs> well no but we've got an example of this um Lenny Riefenstahl is a really good filmmaker, but she's a Nazi propagandist, you know? She's got an amazing eye and she's good. It, 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 being a terrible person, being a monster, that unfortunately has nothing to do with your cinematic skill. I'm sorry. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Is it time? It's time for oh. Keeper or Creeper. Keeper. Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where did you get those eyes? Alright, AJ, what do we got? We've got El Hedi Ben Salim as Ali. 40 years old. Okay. Mm. So he's lived a life. A strong 40. Strong 40. Tall, mm. lean, ish. Sort of Big dick. Well, <laughs> he's going to lead with the dick. But, you know, he's muscular. Muscular. Yeah. Bearded. So, you know, I don't know what you think of that. Uh, Frank's got a beard every now and then, yep. I think. So that's good. Always. Always. <laughs> Always. Moroccan heritage, now living in Germany. So think about it like this. A spicy bratwurst. Mm. So, you know, and we did of, say that a lot. Bit of this, bit of that. The dick again. All about the dick. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Couldn't help myself. This is my boobometer. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, part of me is a bit like, oh, so crude. <laughs> why is it going to be so crude? <laughs> Look, this is what Fassbender wanted. It is actually what yeah. he wanted. It is what he wanted. Uh, so we see the Bratwurst in one scene. He's got nothing to be ashamed of, is all I'll say. <laughs> uh, Ali is also a mechanic, so that might prove useful. Mm. That's like a real real skill, you know. Fairly basic <laughs> dude, really, just likes having a beer with his mates and playing cards and dice. Mm. Um, likes a bit of couscous. <laughs> and if you keep him in couscous, he won't have to get it elsewhere, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm interested maybe... You know, if you could talk about some of these points, I did. I really want to know about the gambling as well. You know, the the drinking and the gambling, how that how that sits with you. So that's that's Ali, AJ. Come on, talk talk to me. What what do we got? Yeah, I like the woodenness. Mm, very good. I like it. I I feel the cheating is. Oh, yeah, the cheating. I don't feel bad about the cheating. I didn't even bring it up. Like in a Kevin <laughs> yeah. Samuels way, I was just like, high value man, what did you think he was going to do, you know? Like, <laughs> just didn't even bring it up. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's completely lost and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad about the cheating, which, mm. is, which is, big. is big. Like Emmy isn't, though. But she's looking at it from a different way. She's looking at it in in the old way. She's thinking, you, well, you can fuck whoever you want. You got to get that. She's a hot course. piece of ass. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think it was like that. Um, I'm saying fucking keeper. I'm putting it out there. Hey. <laughs> I feel like you should play some Middle Eastern music. Yeah, Ricky. I'm doing it all. He okay. stood by his woman. He like. I, mean, I feel like stand-up bloke. That's great. That's fantastic. You know, um, mm. Ali. You know, what, he's he's a keeper. He joins. You know, the guy from Razorback <laughs> and the Basic Instinct guy and most death. You know, what unfortunately, you, you know, Max Monomore, Max didn't get over the line. You know, I was and I don't think about him every. <laughs> Every Ricky minute. does. Ricky thinks yeah. that. Yeah. 
Wonderful. That's great. What a win. Very good. Very yeah. good. All right. So love wins in the end. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but so but in general, the gambling thing, what and, and the, is that a Well I, I feel like that's part that kind of went with the sex thing. We don't know anything about the gambling thing before. Yeah. But I feel like it was just it was headed down a dark You were thinking about you were thinking track. maybe it's it's a recent thing that you could reel back, maybe. It's, it's not like ingrained in him. It's not. not it's not a, like not for Brendan Favola. He loves a, yeah, no. a gamble. Yeah. He's he's not like that Tinder guy that was going out on dates and getting into people's phones and transferring money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like what it a wasn't guy. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you didn't have full gambler tendencies. Okay, all right, very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I uh, I might finish up my trivia now. So, the original German title is deliberately grammatically incorrect, translating literally as "fear eat soul up," which is a direct reference to Ali's bad German. Offensive. Um, so <laughs> I I don't know. They they changed. They obviously changed that title. They I think they should have kept it. Why not? Like, mm. are you in or not? You know, are we doing this thing? Are we doing it? <laughs> are we doing it? Let's do it. You know, what I'm every week, the more you talk, the more I think that you're autistic. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the formalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. Uh, well, I've I've already mentioned that the Munich thing. So you know, mm. Ali refers to the difficulties Arab immigrants faced since Munich. Uh, so yeah, he's he's talking about the Summer Olympic Games of 1972 where the terror group Black September murdered 11 members of the Israeli team. So this is included in the Toronto International Film Festival's essential 100 movies every cinephile should see. Um, Fassbender made this film to fill in the time in his schedule between working on two other films, which we also mentioned, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, so despite the acclaim this movie received, Fassbinder stated that he thought it was only his eighth best movie. Wow. Great. There's my trivia. That's good. That's, that's heaps. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Actually, the film reminds me now I think about it of, uh, of Chunking Express, which hopefully we'll watch, uh, same story, like shot for, you know, very quickly in between a film or two. It's about cougars, is it? Well, no, it's just, just yeah, no, they're all young and hot in that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, similar. So I thought of what a great double that would be. Fear eats the soul and um, uh, Chunking Express for another time perhaps. Mm. Well, just, just on this cougars thing, apparently the, the, there's a whole kind of cat scale Come and on. depending on depending on your age, like it's where you it's where you you know you, you get assigned a different cat personality depending on your age. So if you're between eighteen and twenty one, you're a wild cat. Twenty two to twenty nine is a lynx. Thirty to thirty nine, puma. Forty to forty nine is the cougar. So mm. you know our character here actually falls outside of the cougar scale. Fifty to fifty nine is a jaguar. Sixty to sixty eight is a panther. So. Emmy is a panther. Mm. Now, interesting, to become a pussycat, you have to be 69. Okay. 70 to 79 is a cheetah, 80 to 89 is a leopard, 90 to 99 is a tiger, and 100 plus, you're a lion. (laughs) King machines, they never (laughs) stop working. (laughs) Then, did you say that there was a name for the guys that are into this? Uh, oh, yeah, they are called, let me remind myself, Kuglers. Oh. So, John, you are a Kugler. Technically, yeah, yeah, I'm a Kugler. Kugler. <laughs> That's my kink. <laughs> you seem so wrapped about it too. Excellent trivia. Well, uh, I think it's probably time for the Me Too meter. All right, so let's get serious. We always begin with the Bechtel test. Heavens to Bechtel, 
It's an informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. A work is said to pass the Bechdel test if it has two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. So Emmy speaks to Barbara, who owns the bar, uh, but the initial questions are about the Arab men who frequent Mm. the bar and other times it's sort of about Ali. Emmy speaks to her daughter Krista uh, but informs her about the marriage to Ali. Emmy mm. speaks to her co-workers and neighbours. She does discuss various non-Ali matters mm. with women, various bits and pieces. But the women, I'm not sure they're named women. No, they're not. Oh, yes. See, there you go. Is it would pass? I think it's a pass. It pass. I think it's a pass, yeah. There is a bunch of talk, though, of hooking up with arid men. And all that, and they say stuff like, "Oh, they want is sex and stuff." Later mm. on, you know, like so. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I put it down as a marginal pass, maybe. Yeah. But the non-name, if we're going to be te- look, what would Bechdel do? I feel like Bechdel. She seems they need pretty to be hateful. Named. Yeah, yeah. Be- Be- Bechdel and her stupid hate hate test, hate purity test. I think she'd be like. Fuck these guys. Fuck you. And, yeah, if they're not named, then I hope you die mm-hmm. in your sleep. So I think that's what she would be thinking. Mm. But anyway, I'm going to give it a pass. All right, so the charges uh, from the Arab music blaring out during the opening <laughs> credits, I knew there was a problem. This was just the beginning. The title Ali had me excited and I began to look for the proud Arab man or woman who directed this film but saw that it was directed by a, a white cis het German or German. He's not het, is he? Uh, he uh, hetero adjacent German man, <laughs> man, man called Fassbinder, Fassbinder, whatever the hell that means. Here we have a story about brown people's problems being exploited by the white man yet again. How dare this man tell stories about people that are not like him? You know the rules. If you're white and cis and head or head adjacent, you need to stay in your lane. If you're brown or black, then you get to drive in all the lanes. Okay? So that's the rules. And he fucking broke them. I don't want to hear this crap about how Fassbinder was a bender himself. (laughs) (laughs) And how he was banging Ali in real life. That counts for nothing. Mm. Firstly, being gay is basically being being straight now. Secondly, if Fassbinder was serious about social justice, he would have mentored Salim, that's Ali, to write and direct this movie. Mm. He would have leaned out and 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 handed over the reins. Mm. But instead he was a colonialist pig. So 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 what happens when when you hand the reins over to someone like Ali and and he becomes Fassbinder, do you go back to Morocco and get that sweet couscous? Is that does that is that what happens? Uh it's like you swap bodies or so it's like face off, you know, all yes. of a sudden you're Nicolas Cage, you know. Yes, that's how that is how it should work. Uh uh yes. So there was no trans representation as usual, nor any other kink machines for that matter. So, you know, what can we do? Uh, one of the only commendable aspects of the film was Emmy. Uh, there are simply not enough gilf stories told mm. uh, out there right now. What we need more of is old gross women exploring their sexuality on screen. Uh, so give me more of that. Um, <laughs> who, who, <laughs> <laughs> I heard feeling. So, me too, me which, which, which actor, hang on, before we move on, which, which actor recently was, was, was old and Tell got it? No, 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 no. Um, Emma Thompson. Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Emma Thompson. Right. Yeah. W- wouldn't do it when she was young and hot. No. Do it now. That's that's all I hate. I just hate you making me wait. Like, I've nothing. There's nothing wrong getting it out later. That's all good. Love all that. Uh, but um, just why you got to make me wait? Just don't, <laughs> don't get it. Anyway, AJ, let's talk interracial. Okay. Mm. The pairing in this movie recalled another film franchise we don't hear enough about. Yes, Ricky, I'm talking about Blacked. It occurred, <laughs> it occurred to me during during the film that perhaps Blacked and Blacked Raw are homages <laughs> to Fear Eats the Soul. Many of the, many of the same themes are covered, uh, I feel. So uh, check it out, <laughs> listeners, uh, uh, if you like what you see here. Uh, Black is you. Uh. 
However, we must always be on guard for the fetishization of black and brown bodies. You are allowed to enjoy them, but to fill hard drive and after hard drive with oiled up Nubian hunks is not appropriate, Ricky. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I have. Did anything else leap out at you from Fear Eats a Soul? Just generally like the fetishization of, of black men and you know, it's her, her overwhelming white privilege that sort of <laughs> has, yeah. you know, has snared yeah. him, has trapped him. You know, he, he doesn't want to really be in this relationship. She's tricked him somehow <laughs> through her white privilege. Has tricked him. <laughs> you know, when I, do you know white privilege? <laughs> this is terrible because that word to me now, if someone says it in real life, I'm actually going to burst out laughing. I think it's. <laughs> It's the funniest word. Like when someone goes, anyway, white bread. I'm going to hear it the way Ashley Judd says it in our thing as well. White yeah. privilege. And you just go, <laughs> I'm just going to laugh. And they're going to go, sorry, is that is there something funny? And I go, nothing, nothing. Yet Emmy's basically living in commission for flats. <laughs> She's yeah, basically yeah. living in the commission. But this is, this is the <laughs> conflation that the wokesters would do. They'd watch because they, they know nothing about history. They know nothing about art and they're humorless. <laughs> So if they were ever forced to watch this, they they'd look at her and go, "Look at her, she's like a king." Oh, like they just go, <laughs> "Look at the way she lives." She gets look at the way she she's wants. walking up those stairs. And you just go, "She lives in a shit work. hole. Yeah. Every yeah. surface is dirty." Like yeah. you know, there's there's just and she's working so, her ass off. <laughs> yeah, she she is. She's we're doing jobs between the jobs. Yeah, you know? when their retirement age is probably young there. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Because you don't get to live to to eighty five. No. no. Yeah. You know? So she's, yeah. She's in bonus time, pretty much. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we think? What are we giving this out of ten? I don't know. I think could could you play this at at, at Sydney Uni? You know? I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know what it is. That Guardian review that I read, you know, mm. I don't know, if, I don't know if you're going to cover any of that, Ricky. No, I'm not. Well, good because you know, just you know, I'll read out some some of it now. Running event of Fastbenders, yeah, 2017 Fastbenders 1974 movie Fear It's a Soul is as quietly amazing as ever. Nationally re-released as part of a retrospective at London's BFI South Bank. It's the gripping tale of a courageous romance between Emmy and a white, a white Polish woman and Ali, a young Moroccan man. Simple, clear story, yet with its own sophisticated moral intelligence. So this is the kind of, um, I mean, I tend to agree. but It's a bit much, though, right? Well, it is a bit much. Courageous? But I don't, but I don't write for, well, it, he is laying it on. He's white knighting it. And I don't know why. Um, this is just the kind of thing I hate The Guardian for. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like it's got five stars. Um, there's not any acknowledgement that this publication has fallen completely uh, into the radical left lunacy, you know, where which I think the thing that annoys me about that radical left shit is that it kills art first. Do you know what I mean? Like the dumb shit they say, is one thing, you know, but the when you engage in all of that crap, you don't, you're not allowed to like good art. You're not allowed to go to BFI South Bank and watch, mm. you know, Fear Eats a Soul because uh, you become a, a, an inherently uninteresting person. So anyway, uh, but having said all of that, I think, yeah, for some reason, I don't know what it is, I think you could get away with this for a little while longer because mm. people don't know who Fassbender is. Um, you know, there's sort of a – there might be a little catalogue at the front that explains that he was gay and people are like, oh, all right. That would definitely be in there. Yeah, but they'd be like, mm, okay, all right. They're like, I don't really think that gay counts, but, you know. That, you know what? They'd probably call them queer. Yes, they'd the say he's a queer, queer. He's a queer filmmaker, and you'd go, yeah. "Well, he wouldn't recognise that term." And in fact, he'd be frightened to hear it because he probably would. Yeah, people were killed usually hmm. after that word was said. So, uh, yes, yeah, so no, and I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think I'll give it a high mark. Myself. No, it's pretty low. It's sub sub five, I'd say. Yep, I'll go with that. Hmm. AJ, mm, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, good. Uh, play it on. Um, 
Boxing Day this year, see what happens. It's short. <laughs> it is short. It is short, yeah. I did appreciate that after World on a Wire. Yeah, me too. Oh, like it's refresh- <laughs> refreshingly short. Maybe yeah. it was all designed that way. Mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, about this boobometer, uh, quantity zero. Uh, we are teased with Barbara Valentin, but then she turns mm. out the lights. Ah. We see her in silhouettes. Artsy shit, you know? <laughs> I mean, the yeah, Middle East. Yeah, didn't care. He didn't care. <laughs> he was like, fuck it. He's like, mm, you know, verboten. He's like, titties <laughs> verboten. Yeah. Uh, the Middle Eastern girl in the bar is braless. Uh mm. Braless is great. Uh, why, AJ, <laughs> why so much hate for no bra? Like, why do women get so, why do they hate other women with no bra? They're like, oh, look at that woman with no bra. I hate her. And I go, you just off. got no bra. And well, yeah. For but you never notice when, like, if, if they're not good, you just go, oh, well, you know, it's worth putting up with that because it's probably. I, I think you notice them the most, right? When <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Is <laughs> they flopping around this yeah. way and that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, great stuff. Anyway, quality unknown. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Ricky did message me again during the week. <laughs> uh, let me just get, where's, where's my, <laughs> yeah, I'll read it out too. So what do we got? Oh, he's a, he, he always likes to help me during the week, as you know. <laughs> he says, sorry, can't help you out with the boobometer this week. Uh, Brigitte Mira has no nudes out there. No nudes at all. <laughs> so, there you go. He was, he was looking. Uh, so anyway, uh, maybe, but I thought your example, your, you had a suggestion Ricky, uh, the boobometer penis edition. The dongometer. The dongometer, all <laughs> schlong, in the shower, uncut, mm. bush. Uh, yeah, I mean, AJ? A- and AJ, then again later. Gets his well, would, how would you rate it? How would you rate that schlong? Well, it was decent. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the scale is because I'm a guy. So, I'm, I again... <laughs> I look at Bruce Willis and I go, yeah, what a, what a handsome guy. And every girl, woman I speak to goes, he's not a handsome guy. So I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I don't know what I'd be looking for in a dong. Probably mm. the biggest one. I'd just go, oh, the biggest one, you know? Like, I'd be like um, Zubacock from uh, City yeah. of Women. You know? Big obelisk. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah, we have to play You Get Nothing, unfortunately. So, you get yeah. nothing. It's a shame. You lose. Good day, sir. Okay, well, uh, Roger Ebert loved this film. He gave it four out of four, and he says that the film's powerful but very simple. It is based on a melodrama, but Fassbinder leaves out all of the highs and lows and keeps only the quiet desperation in the middle. The two characters are separated by race and age, but they have one valuable thing in common. They like each other and care for one another in a world that otherwise seems coldly indifferent. He goes on to say, Ali, fear eats the soul. Might sound like improbable, uh, contrived, like an improbable contrived soap opera. It doesn't play that way. The reason mm. it gathers so much power, I think, is that Fassbinder knew exactly what was meant by the title and made the film so quickly, he only had time to tell the truth. Good now, you. moving on to IMDb. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I actually, I've actually got two, I, you know, it's, it's a treat for you guys. Oh, okay. I've got right, two IMDb reviews for you, okay? Now, this first one is three out of ten. It's a March 2022 review oh, titled okay. A Childish and Masturb- Masturbatory Take on Love and Racism. If I was told that this film was written by a 12-year-old fresh out of his first social justice lecture, I would not have been surprised. None of the characters in this film acted remotely human, and I'm not even referring to the racism portion. The two leads are 
the two leads fall in and out of love the same way we did as kindergartners. The chicks in the bar acted like the mean girls from a high school film and everyone else is just a mindless NPC that says or does racist things. Uh, the only redeemable quality is the cinematography, but even that is only above average. The, the particular scene where the bar ch- children rejects her decision unintentionally made me laugh out loud because of how the camera just panned across all of their disgusted faces for a good 15 seconds without anyone saying a thing. Overall, I'd much rather think of this as a straight comedy or parody of what some people think as racism is. It would otherwise be rather depressing to know that the person who made this is one of the most critically acclaimed directors of all time. So let, let me balance that with an 8 out of 10 from IMDb, okay? This, this review is titled, Good Film That Holds Up, Could Be Today, Trump's America, or Anywhere, okay? From Trump. 2020. Why are we going to mention Trump? Very few low stars. Some who didn't like it, though, thought the acting was wooden, stereotype leads, and one-dimensional. I disagree. I am more with the higher star ratings. This holds up. Germany, 30 years after the war, hate immigrants and foreigners. Could be anywhere in Europe, Scandinavia, Russia, or and Slovak, or USA. <laughs> Emmy is about two times Ali's age, 60 and 30, or younger. They are two lonely people who find each other, fall in love. Love is not always smooth. This could be any country. Now, this is written by chat, GPT. Yeah. <laughs> this could be any country. Now, this is Trump's America. I don't feel like analysing this, just to say it has beauty and poetry in some ugly situations. Eight stars for me is very high. A great film. Ten stars is a masterpiece. Semi-spoiler, the end is a bit obtuse, expressing that foreign workers are under a lot of stress. Not sure what the doctor is saying is factual. Yeah, misinformation is a problem. Don't you think the the end of that review sounded like Donald Trump could have written it? You know? Actually, the way that it was written, it was kind of written in his vernacular. Yes, it's uttering like you know non sequiturs. Mm. It, it should have. He should have said, "People are saying, people are saying." You know, yeah, that's great. Great reviews. Mm. Um, yeah, mentalists, obviously. But uh, that other one hurt my soul a little bit. Yeah, first well, one. Look, hateful, hateful, <laughs> hateful dickwad. You know. So uh, yeah. All right, well, uh, that is Ali Fiat. So next week, our final fast bender uh, of the cycle, we have Quarell. Always wanted to see it. Uh, so I think it might be his last film, maybe. Mm, yeah. Wasn't released. And, and Warhol's involved. Oh, really? I think. So I'm expecting big things. It kind of reminds me, like, uh, of John Belushi. Is that weird? <laughs> kind of ugly, kind of ugly, ugly, yeah. ugly party guy. Flamed out, you yeah. know, died, no. died fat and young. Mm. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Belushi wouldn't have gone down for none of that gay stuff. No, that's true. Yeah, he'd be like, he's a titty man all the way. Yeah, he, he would had, be a titty man, a fun one, titty man. One wife, <laughs> like he just had a wife. Really. Yeah, he wasn't a crazy into girls, which is That's surprising. Right. It's all, all an act. Mm. You just love the booze. Yeah. yeah. How much kind of sad. And Fassbender reminds me of that too. Great mm. comparison. Well, uh, I can't wait for next week. Uh, we said what we said. Yeah, I think we're all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. Until uh, next time, longer than you flash, and remember, side boob cinema will save cinema. 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 <laughs> Shit of the better. The more you talk, the more I think that you're autistic.